Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Travel Brigade, your destination location, with your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Bonjour and hello, live from Montreal. This is Travel Brigade with your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin, coming to you live from Montreal. You can follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. You can like us on Facebook, or you can check us out at our website, TravelBrigade.com. You'll notice we're not only just saying bonjour like we did in Quebec City last week. Saying bonjour and hello, which is how everybody greets you here. They say bonjour, hello, and then you decide which way you're going with the conversation. Yeah, like you have a choice whether you immediately understand French or not to continue in the conversation, which I think is kind of cool. Pretty much everybody here is at a minimum bilingual. Most people, bilingual is for beginners here. Yeah. It's it's bilingual. You were bilingual in seventh grade, and then you picked up a third or a fourth language. You know, being able to speak all the different languages is, contributes to the overall friendliness of this city. And I'm just going to call it right now. I think this is about the friendliest city I've ever been to. It is a very friendly city. People have been so helpful. We've been here. They've been, you know, seeing us with maps, giving us directions, holding doors open for us. Extremely friendly and open city. Well, and I'm I'm the sort of traveler that presents opportunities for people to help. <laughs> he, does, people. he gets this sort of look on his face like, Huh? I mean, people, it's obvious. Money making Jeff needs scheme number 3,428. <laughs> I'm going to get sociologists to hire me to travel to cities. I just naturally start stumbling around looking lost, not figuring out how things are working, and they could see if people come help me and then determine the friendliness of that city. And see, I'm the opposite. I just do anything I can to pretend that I'm not having a problem even when I'm suffering. So there we go. <laughs> Either way, the people here, they're just, They'll go out of their way to come up and help you. There are a lot of great things to see and do here. We have a lot of great guests. We have a lot of great guests to tell you all about it. We have Marie Jose Pinsano with the Tourism Montreal, who's, of course, an expert on the area. As we mentioned, Montreal is in the Quebec province. And last week we talked with Micheline Lachance, who's with Tourism Quebec. We talked with her about some things in Quebec City. And this week, we're going to be talking about Montreal and the Quebec region as a whole. We also have uh, Joanne Papineau from the Fairmont Hotels. And anyone that has ever been to Canada understands that the Fairmont brand hotels is just synonymous with so much history and culture here in Canada. And the hotels are amazing coast to coast. We're here staying at the Queen Elizabeth, but we're talking to uh, the Fairmont today about all the amazing properties here in the Quebec region. Finally, you say the word Montreal to your average guy, the first thing they're going to think of, 80-90% of the time, the first thing they're going to think of is the Canadians hockey team. And coming off the Kings winning the Stanley Cup, this has been a really exciting time to be here, talk to them, go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yes, and that's, we're going to be interviewing Dave McGinnis from the Canadians Hockey Hall of Fame. Sounds good. But we can't get to all of that until... Uh, yes. We do Hot Topics and Travel. Hot Topics. Hot Topics coming up. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. Make sure that you catch us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. Next up, Hot Topics and Travel. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet hashtag Travel Brigade or visit TravelBrigade.com. Bonjour and hello here from Montreal, this beautiful city with a wonderful skyline, very international city. This is Travel Brigade here, your Sunday morning travel show with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade, like us on Facebook, or check out our website, TravelBrigade.com. Now we're doing our Hot topic segment. I don't know if Jeff's going to try and upset me. This is his general routine no. when we do Hot Topics. No, I've got something new. I'm going to oh. present you with a moral dilemma. Ooh. Well, actually, it's a packing dilemma. To most people, it would be a packing dilemma, but for you... Packing and traveling is a religious experience, so for you it's a moral dilemma. Amen. Okay, so you've only got a little bit of space left in your suitcase or your, you know, your bag, whatever. You can either take... My steam trunk. <laughs> your steam trunk. <laughs> you can either take your laptop or you can take something like your flat iron. You've only got room for one or the other. Whoa, which... whoa, 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 why? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are huge baggage fees. There's... I uh, I don't know. You just but let's just say let's just say you you found yourself in this situation. Let me just tell you before we move on. You're talking to a girl who had to buy hair tools when I went to a study abroad at Cambridge University because I couldn't get the plugs to work to my needs, so I had to go buy flat irons and blow dryers while I was in England. But what would be what would be your call? Okay, you got to pick one or the other. This is difficult. Yes. Okay. I we use the computer so much for work and I have to have my cell phone. So I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm going to give up on my hair. Oh. oh that hurts, doesn't it? Yes. Well here's you're you're in the majority on that with uh an Intel Commission survey of twenty five hundred people, sixty four percent, nearly two out of three, said they would choose the electronics or the the tech devices over personal appearance. Well you know, I honestly I, I I don't know how you travel anymore without some type of yeah. internet service. I mean, we're looking things up. We're booking things as we go. We're needing to make calls home, yeah. all of that. I don't well, know how you do it. I, I wouldn't even think of stepping away from anywhere without all of our tech devices. So but you're saying pack a baseball hat, <laughs> put my hair up, yes, and get but, to work. But, you know, there are a lot of people who, when they travel, they want to get away from all of that. They want to disconnect. But yet 44% still found that they felt... Uneasy. It's easier yeah. for me when I don't have a choice. Like when we're on a cruise ship and I don't have a choice because the Internet's honestly really bad. And um, it's hard to make cell phone calls and all that. I mean, you can, but if I don't have a choice, it's so much easier than if I have a choice. Well, and if you're, travel if you're a parent traveling without your kids, that raises whole other issues. Yeah, but you have to be in touch. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I would rather have my laptop and not shave for a week or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do I get to weigh in on that? <laughs> Let's move on. We have the big July 4th travel holiday coming up. I love the 4th of July. Now, we have an international audience, and so you know we appreciate you uh, indulging us for a moment when we talk about something that's kind of specifically American. It's not so much that we're so patriotic, but we anytime we can get a day off work. Yes, yes. This year, they're estimating that travel is going to be way up, way up. For the 4th of July weekend? For And kind of part of it is this year... You know, it's on a Wednesday, which can kind of go two ways. One, your boss says, no, we're just taking Wednesday off. <laughs> and there, I'm sure, a few of you guys out there that are feeling that already. Two is you, your boss says, oh, let's just take July 3rd through July 8th off. Which I think is a great idea. It's kind of a barometer for the American economy, too, to see where things are going. Uh, 2009 was the big staycation year yeah. because, you know, the, the economy was so bad at the time. Now it's come back to 42% from that staycation year. 
Yeah, actually, air travel will be the biggest, they're estimating the biggest since 2004. That's great. Now, the one sort of interesting caveat in here is that while people are traveling more, they're spending less on that travel. They're planning to spend less at that destination. They're planning to spend... So budget travel. Yeah, budget travel. Any kind of travel you can get. That's what I say. Budget travel beats no travel. Amen. That's true. We have a full show today. Well, we need to because this city has so many things you can go do. And so different than Quebec City where we were at last week. I mean, just like a completely different experience. And in many ways, completely different from many other big cities we've been to. We are going to bring in Marie-Josie Pinsonneau, who is with Tourism Montreal. And a Montreal native. Yes. She's going to tell us more about this city and all the incredible things there are to do here. Lots of things to do. Stick with us. You're listening to Travel Brigade. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Travel Brigade, your weekly travel spot. With highlights of your favorite travel destinations, check out TravelBrigade.com and Travel Brigade on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome back. You're listening to Travel Brigade, our live show from Montreal, Canada. We're so excited to have a special guest with us today. Marie-Josie Pinsenno. Is that anywhere close? Uh, it's, it's great. Congratulations. A hundred percent. And she is with Tourism Montreal. And, and we're, we're, we're laughing because every time we keep saying there's all these beautiful names and we keep destroying every single one as we... <laughs> Mention it. Starting with, we know this city as Montreal. Montreal. That's mm-hmm. right. And Marie Jose, can you please explain how you actually really say the name of this beautiful city? Well, you've got it right. It's Montreal. We can say Montreal or Montreal. Montreal. That's what we Montreal. It comes. Uh, Mont means mountain, and Real means royal, because as you've seen uh, during your stay with us, that, uh, that we have a summit in the middle of the island called Mount Royal. Yes, it's beautiful. And we think that the name Montreal or Montreal comes from the Mount Royal Mountain, with uh, at the time you know the Italians drawing maps. And they would draw, they would put the name Monte Real, Royal Mountain. So there is no specific date uh, when it came, uh, it became Montreal. But uh, we certainly think that it was influenced by the Royal Mountain that we have, by the way, which is 760 feet high. <laughs> yes, we actually are staying here at the Fairmont, uh, the Queen Elizabeth, and we actually have a beautiful view. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. One thing we've really noticed during our last couple of days here is how friendly the people are. Not just friendly when you go up and ask them something. They come up to you if they see you looking lost. They hold the door open for you. They show you if if you're uh, someone like me who can't figure out how to put their subway <laughs> ticket in. <laughs> they come up and show you. I mean, what what do you think accounts for that, that people here are just so friendly? I think it comes, you know, uh, first of all, Montreal is an island. And um, I think that in the old days, you know, we were isolated by ice and snow uh, up until the 1960s when, well, <laughs> I should say beforehand, but uh, uh, it comes from like uh, the, the history of this island that people were so happy 
when, you know, the river would thaw, and then they would have visitors from, uh, you know, mainly Europe at the time, so they were so happy, they were very friendly. It's like the southern hospitality, you know, in the in the U.S., and uh, we know, it's not, a, you've probably noticed that Montreal is uh, an international city, it ha- but it has a human scale to it, and it's like a little village, and people want, we, us Montrealers, want our visitors, our guests to enjoy their stay so you know we just open and say okay can we help you uh, you know if we see tourists with maps or looking you know for the signs or direction or whatever I think it, it comes automatically that we're so happy to have uh, uh, have uh, some people visiting us that they were just open uh, we open to them and uh, we start talking and it's very very well I can tell you city. as a former New Yorker this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, you know, I and I did. I had it several different theories about this. That maybe it's because yeah, yeah, you have to get through the winter together, or different thing, or the, the European influence. But I found out today what it was on my bike tour. What makes people so happy and giving here is that the bars in Montreal are open one hour later than anywhere else in Canada. <laughs> so there you go. And it's the poutine. And the poutine, <laughs> yes. That's what rests on our hips. There we go. <laughs> hey, tell us, I mean, gosh, we've been here for a few days, and we've been running ragged, running around trying to get everything in, seeing this beautiful city. But tell us, what are the top attractions that people just can't have to put on their list? They have to put on their list, first of all, Old Montreal. Since the city was founded uh, in 1642, it's a square mile area with cobblestone streets, nice art galleries, boutiques, uh, boutique hotels, shops, one-of-a-kind gifts, uh, museums. uh, The river is so close. The atmosphere of Old Montreal uh, you know, the river cruise, uh, renting a bike along the shore. There's a lot of activities in all, Mon- in all Montreal, and I think that for uh, someone from, uh, from the Americas or North America, for us, uh, it's a little taste of Europe. It really brings you back in time. So all Montreal for sure, including Notre Dame Basilica, of course, where Celine Dion was married and uh, all the big events, uh, the concerts, and uh, it's such a beautiful uh, icon of Montreal. It's uh, not to be missed, the church. I was just there this morning, and it was absolutely breathtaking. And uh, I hope you went to confessions because they don't understand English. after a few days here. So I would say all Montreal, and then I would say the Olympic Park area with our botanical garden, which is the second largest in the world, the Biodome, which is a a museum of natural sciences with more than 5,000 animals, and then you have the Montreal Tower, which uh, is the tallest leaning tower in the world, and also you can tour the Olympic Stadium, where we had the 21st Summer Olympic Games in 1976. So all of that area is really neat also. Yeah, I just went up in the tower yesterday, and what amazed me was that you do, on one of the sides when you look out, you see that whole botanical gardens, and you realize just how big it is. It's a huge, huge park, and uh, yeah, anybody who's coming here, I'd really encourage them to 
do both of those things. Yeah, we went through the gardens yesterday, and it wasn't until I saw the map of the gardens. I mean, I realized, like, this just kept going. It was so beautiful and so big that I had no idea how large and beautiful it really was. Oh, they have 25,000 species of flowers and uh, 30 outdoor gardens, and you have 10 indoor greenhouses, the Japanese garden, the Chinese gardens uh, that offers the Chinese lanterns festival in the in fall with the the uh, also the pumpkin exhibition it's and in the winter uh, you have the indoor greenhouses but you also have all the birds that you can uh, watch uh, through the park it's really really a beautiful garden we're we're blessed to have that in montreal and so we've done the old Montreal and the Olympic Park. And then I would say that the downtown core is very interesting, especially for shopping and our beautiful Museum of Fine Arts, which is the oldest uh, museum of fine arts in Canada. You have the McCord uh, Muse- uh, History, Canadian History Museum, which is also very interesting. And uh, plus a lot of shopping, great shopping downtown, uh, the bars, the, you know, the major hotels, chain are there, and a lot of activities is downtown. Yeah, last night as we were walking around, we came across uh, a particular neighborhood that's sort of the art center, and I think it says a lot about Montreal that they value the arts so much that, number one, they have a whole neighborhood dedicated to it, but also... Sounds like they shut down the streets all around there pretty much throughout the summer to put on free concerts, festivals, and all sorts of things. Yes, uh, this uh, area was really developed for our arts uh, performance. There are about 85 uh, venues, small ones and larger ones, like the the big uh, Salle Wilfried Petit for 3,500 seats. Uh, this area is used for, especially in the summer, we have the outdoor festival, part of the uh, the festivals with outdoor free concerts uh, yes, for em- the jazz. Emphasis uh, on free. I didn't realize any anything that's out on the streets or in the public areas of Montreal, it's it's always free. Yes, yes, it's always free, and it's not only used for the summertime. We also have winter festivals like Montréal en Lumière, which is at the end of February, where they put a beautiful ice slide, and there's outdoor performances. They have braseros, where people can cook uh, sausages and marshmallows, and there's music and a DJ. So it's really, uh, they have put a lot of uh, energy uh, in the middle of our, our downtown core uh, to permit uh, people to walk around with, you probably saw last night, uh, the children with the parents, you know, they go, yeah. they, people attend those shows and they sing, they dance. It's really, really a great area. And how do you say the name of that area again? It's the... We call it in Quartier des Spectacles. A Quartier can be like a small neighborhood or a district. And spectacle is just means a show. So uh, a spectacle can be uh, dance, can be the ballet, the opera, the symphony orchestra. We have a lot of uh, cultural activities in this city. So now they're all concentrated in the same area. And and uh, maybe you didn't notice, but at nighttime you have red dots on the sidewalks that lead you to the different oh, venues. Oh, okay. I was and I had noticed that. that. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, gosh, th- is, you've told us about so yeah. many things, and much like our trip here, there's so many other things we want to get to, but we 
don't have time and we'll have to come back. But thank you so much. <laughs> Such an You're amazing welcome. city. Can you tell us if people are interested in visiting, which we hope and encourage that they do, where can they get information on, on visiting Montreal? They can get the information on our website at www.tourism-montreal.org. And uh, they have a calendar of events. They also have for uh, hotels. We have some great deals. So they can click and find a lot of uh, inf- most of you know all of the information is on our our uh, great uh, website. And also, if they want to have uh, maybe a guidebook or some maps, they can call. Uh, there's a toll free number one eight seven seven two six six five six eight seven and they can ask for uh, literature and brochures and maps of Montreal and they it will be sent uh, to them Wonderful. and so we hope that uh, your uh, listeners will uh, all come after listening to uh, your beautiful uh, <laughs> a description of my city and uh, we are waiting for them the weather is beautiful and uh, we're here all year round. Thank you so much. And by the way, the, the website and the phone number, in case you didn't get it down, you can go to our website, travelbrigade.com, where we've got contact information for today's show posted on our hot sheets. Marie Josie, thank you so much for uh, sharing your beautiful city with us. Yes. And thank you for coming. No, thank you. We had such a wonderful time. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. Connect with us on our website, travelbrigade.com, Facebook, or Twitter. We'll be right back. And hello, here from Montreal, this beautiful city. This is Travel Brigade coming to you live Sunday morning from the beautiful city of Montreal. We're so happy to have Marie Josie come on and tell us about just some of the many things to do here. As you can see, she has such a passion for this wonderful city. But of all the things she told us, there's still like we just scratched the surface. Yeah, Um, such a busy, busy few days we've had here. One of the things that we didn't include, and for those of you who know me, I'm not the biggest outdoor girl. It's the understatement of the year. Well, I actually, every time I try something new, I'm having a really good time. And believe it or not, here amongst this big, beautiful city with a big skyline, you've got the St. Lawrence River, and then you have the Lachine Rapids, which are just, just right there. And we went out jet boating on the rapids. The, there's a there's a French name, Sout Moutons, which I'm probably mispronouncing, but it's also known as Jet Boating Montreal. And by the way, we're going to have contact info for everybody we mentioned at our website, TravelBrigade.com. And our little mini-me came with us on this, and she said, quote, I would pay a million dollars to come back and do this again. Like, she had such a great time. We all had such a great time. And getting wet is an understatement. I mean, you are drenched by the time you get off this thing. Yeah, it's... They give you a bunch of stuff to, like, cover you up. but <laughs> Raincoats, rain pants, whatever. And we're like, really oh, kinda, we're going to keep dry. kind of just does no good. And we did see the bring a towel and an extra change of clothes. And we're like, sure, sure. And then we came out, I mean, literally drenched. But the water was such a great temperature. It was nice. Uh, the, the water temperature was great. And we were literally soaked. But it was just the most fun experience. You're literally, it's sort of like 
river rafting on a class five with no effort. You don't have to paddle. You don't have to do anything. You really don't have to worry about flipping over because you're on this really big jet-propelled boat, which I think these boats are like specially designed just to do this. Yes, I was never worried about any of that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really just a lot of fun. And, and you literally get, you know, you're under the waves and everything. Super, super fun time. And we talked a little bit uh, with Marie-Josie about the botanical gardens, which are just stunning. You can basically walk and go over right next door to the Olympic Park. That whole area is so beautiful. And there's the Olympic Tower, and you can ride up it in an, uh, sort of a funicular, and you get a beautiful view of the city. And then right next door, you can either go tour the Olympic Stadium that hosted the 1976 Olympics, or you can go to the Biodome, which has four different ecosystems inside of it. One minute you're in the rainforest, and then you walk out some doors, and in some other doors you're in the desert. It's really a fun experience. And it's almost as fun as going to La Ronde. Does that translate as Six Flags Magic Mountain in English? <laughs> it is a Six Flags theme park here in Montreal, which is really great because it's right here, I mean, right in the city. Yeah, I, a lot of times you go to theme parks and you've got to drive way out somewhere where they set aside a few acres to put one of these up. But here it's it's pretty easy to get to. And the rides are really fun. And there was a couple of times I got a little nervous on the rides, but they're really fun. You get some really great views of the city. And guess what, Jeff? After you left, we went and found a place that served the beaver tails that we had in Quebec City last week. Mm, those are so good. <laughs> Delicious. And coming up next, we're going to interview Micheline Lachance of Tourism Quebec. Now, you may recall, she was with us last week told us about some of the amazing things around this entire province of Quebec, including some things specific to Quebec City. And we're going to talk with her some more this week about things that sort of apply more to Montreal, but also to the Quebec province as a whole. That's right. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show here with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Travel Brigade, your weekly travel spot. With highlights of your favorite travel destinations, check out TravelBrigade.com and Travel Brigade on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome back. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel destination show with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. And we have Micheline Lachance on the phone. Okay, well, welcome to Quebec. Thank you. We have borders with Vermont, New York, and Maine, actually. So we cover that entire area. So anybody coming up in these directions will be heading one of the different areas of the province. So basically, Montreal is the largest urban center. Around, we're, I think we're heading up to 4 million people for Montreal and surrounding area. Cycling has been very popular in Quebec. So we've added a new series of bike paths and bike roads. And, you know, I found as we've traveled around, I, particularly in big cities, Bikes are a great way to get around a city and kind of see the sights without having to rent a car or go on a tour. Greater Montreal area has included an activity that is really local. It's called Bixie. These are bikes that you can actually pick up at some point of the city, uh, rent for a certain period, and leave at another parking station somewhere in the city. So that's a pretty cool service. You don't need to bring your bike if you want oh, to wow. do the city buy bikes, and some guided tours can actually help you visit the green, what we call in French a ruelle, which is the back street behind two uh, behind buildings. So these are green ruelles, basically because they've been uh, 
people who live in those areas tend to need some green more than they, if they were to stay in the country. So they have greened their backyards. <laughs> <laughs> so got trees coming up, and and uh, Montreal Montrealers are really well known for having a, a certain, a, let's see, an area which is about the size of a stamp and make a botanical garden out of it. People traveling with kids, um, we've been hearing a lot about this Star Wars exhibition. You, you do have a that? lot of kid, yeah, you do have a lot of kid-friendly stuff, but you'd be surprised how many 40-year-olds are more excited <laughs> about the Star Wars exhibition. We know a few, so I would yeah. say. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's a world premiere, actually. Montreal has had its second world premiere in two years in a row, because last year at the same venue, you had an exhibition on Indiana Jones, which was also the same done by Lucasfilm, done also with a company here in Montreal. And it's an interactive exhibition. So what you do is that I'm still waiting to go see it. But from what I've heard, you are given a bracelet at the beginning of the exhibition and you go through. The, the theme of the exhibition is Star Wars identity. So basically what they're trying to do is find out if you're on the light or dark side of the book. Oh, so basically no. you're given I think a few Jeff questions. and I probably one of us is on the light side and one of us is on the dark side. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty cool. You go in, you are asked to find which species you are. Are you an Ewok? Are you a uh, Tuscan Raider? Whatever. And then after that they go through different questions. So it's it's interesting because the theme being that you find out your identity through your choices. Huh. So and it's yeah. So at the end, you want to find out if you're on Darth Vader's side or uh, or uh, Skywalker's <laughs> side. So that's pretty cool. Wow, that's so it's like an fun. interactive exhibition. And at the end, you are given an, an avatar with the name that you've chosen and everything, and you keep that with you. And it's at the Science <laughs> yeah. Center. And the Science Center, of course, their theme is intro introduction to science in any and all forms. So that's the temporary exhibition, but they have exhibitions throughout the year which have uh, science themes. Star Wars is interesting, but it's a short one, so it's not something that's going to be recurring. So make sure that if you're a fan, run right now. Yeah, you catch but, it before the fall, right? Yeah, make sure you get that before the end of September because they can't really push it back that far. That's in the old section of the port area of Montreal, so oh, okay. easily accessible by public transportation, or you can actually walk there from major hotels in the downtown area. But let's say for a first-time traveler to Quebec province, a visit to the old city, either old city in Montreal or old city in Quebec City is usually pretty interesting. And something you might like to do are the ghost tours. Oh, really? Oh, That's something that's popping up pretty much everywhere. They're, of course, done at night. Ghosts don't right. come out. <laughs> so if you it's want to do that, that's an, interesting, that's an interesting tour to do. Micheline, thank you so much for joining us. Again, what a great option to be in Quebec and the region, not just the cities, but all the beautiful places outside of the cities that are available for people to enjoy. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin from Travel Brigade. You can find us at TravelBrigade.com, Twitter, Travel Brigade, or Facebook. You're listening to the Travel Brigade, and now family travel. Welcome back. This is Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin here live in Montreal, or should I say Montreal. Thanks again to... Michelin, who told us about a lot of great things to do while you're here, and two of them that we really liked that she brought up were biking for me and the Star Wars exhibit for you. Yeah, I thought I was going to knock down a crowd of kids going to that Star Wars exhibit, and it was full of men in their 40s, but there were lots of families and kids there too, but she was right. There are geek alert. 
all geeks out there, get your tickets to the Star Wars exhibit now in Montreal. I think it closes sometime in mid-September and moves on to Edmonton. But it is a great, great show. And little mini-me loved it. And I think I already know the answer, but light side, dark side. (laughs) I was called to the dark side. (laughs) Mini-me, of course, was called to be a Jedi warrior or something, something fabulous. One of the other things that I did that was really fun was I did a tour with my bicyclette. It leaves from right down by the canal. They take you around to all the different neighborhoods, even get you little tastes of different things in the different neighborhoods. Again, bike tours are a great way to learn about a city, learn the history, learn where different things are. And Montreal is a biking city. I mean, we had heard that before, but... Uh, one of the things that Micheline had talked about is the bicycle rentals all over town, and they literally are all over town. You can pick up a bike, get to the underground, come out, pick up another bike, travel all day long on a bike with no worries. Yeah, I was really amazed. Like Even some of the main drags, they have bike lanes, two-way bike lanes like set aside from the regular traffic. So it's a really great place for biking. And as we mentioned before, we're here at the Queen Elizabeth, the Fairmont Queen Elizabeth downtown, and we have this beautiful view of the Mount Royal Park. It's really beautiful. I got to kind of go around the city a little bit, besides by biking. The Fairmont here runs a running program in the morning. Yeah, and a walking program, both. You can choose. And I went with the running program. It was great to go see the different parts of the city. Again, you have a guide with you who's telling you where things are and what why they're important and things like that. The Fairmonts here have such a history here in Canada. Yeah, they're tied in with the railroads, which bound this country together, made it a country. As they were going along building these railroads, they were building these beautiful hotels by them. And the Fairmont has ended up having a lot of these properties, besides being you know great hotels to stay in. They're historic we're, landmarks. Yeah. Coming up next, we're going to be talking with Joanne Papineau, who is with the Fairmont Properties, hearing more about them. This is Traveler Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or check out our website at TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. We're so happy to have you here with us. Again, you can contact us at our website, TravelBrigade.com. You can tweet us at Travel Brigade or like us on Facebook at Travel Brigade. We, um, in this beautiful Quebec region, have one of the most famous hotel brands in all of Canada, Fairmont Hotels. We have Joanne Papineau. Is that how you say it? Yes, Joanne Oh, I didn't ruin it. I keep feeling like I'm ruining everybody's beautiful French names for everything. But Joanne is uh, with the Fairmont, and we we heart Fairmont, I guess. That's, that's plain and simple. We love the properties. We stayed at some great Fairmonts in the U.S., but two summers ago, we stayed we were in Western Canada and got, you know, the Empress in Victoria, got the the amazing property in Banff and Lake Louise. And, Lake Louise. and one thing that really struck me is how much some of these hotels are really tied into the history of Canada. And Joanne, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the La Chateau Frontenac <laughs> and how it ties into the history of Quebec because it's it's sort of uh, a symbol of Quebec in a way. 
Oh, it is definitely it's the emblem of our province. It's quite the historic property. Can you give us the correct pronunciation for us Americans that can't say it? Charmotte le Chateau Frontenac. That's exactly right. Oh, yeah. that okay. sounds beautiful. Much better. Okay. <laughs> but you were, you were saying it's over a hundred years old. Hundred eighteen. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it is the emblem of the province and of the city itself, of Quebec City. It's a beautiful castle, and um, they're actually renovating. So they're going to spend $66 million to renovate the castle and bring it up to uh, – it's, it's been going undergoing renovations throughout the years, but this one is a major one. They've been changing the, the copper roof, and now they're going to change everything else. So it's going to be quite uh, uh, unveiling when it's ready. It's uh, quite a bit of history, and it's always uh, – uh, interesting to discover as it was built in different sections and um, no two rooms are alike so it's always interesting to see how your room's going to set up what view you're going to get because there's uh, you know towers and little corners and uh, it's really amazing to see all the different uh, room configurations and the different views on the city and during the summer, there's this great festival, and there's a, a show on old um, hangers. And sometimes from your room, you can see the show. You don't even have to get out and explore. But uh, it's quite unique. Tell us a little bit why Fairmont has such a stronghold in Canada, the history, the connection. Uh, the, the Fairmont hotels, like I said, they're picturesque, especially in Canada. They, they have such a, a long history. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's all linked to uh, Cornelius Van Horn, who was building the railway across Canada, and he wanted to, um, you know, uh, bring tourists from around the world to see this beautiful country from ocean, uh, from coast to coast. So he built along the railway, and that's why there's these unique castles. You've seen them in the West, as you mentioned, the Empress. So they go out through throughout the country and all uh, around the train stations. So in Toronto, you have the Royal York, and in Calgary, also the Palliser. So uh, in Montreal, it's the Queen Elizabeth, and uh, we're built right above the train station right Yeah, here. I was going to ask about that. How did, with her just celebrating her Diamond Jubilee here, how did how did it end up with the name the Queen Elizabeth? Well, that's a controversial story in our province because, uh, as you know, people are uh, very uh, independent here. and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, they, there was a big debate when they were naming the hotel. They, they had two names. Actually, one was Chateau Maisonneuve, and the other was Queen Elizabeth. But everybody in the city protested. They didn't want the queen as the emblem of their largest hotel. So people made um, a survey, and you know, and finally they, the people who built the hotel decided to name it for the queen because she had just come to the throne when they were doing uh, the hotel. So we still honor the Queen, and uh, we're, you know, the hotel here is much younger than Chateau Frontenac and some of the other castles. We're just 54 years old, so different architecture. We don't look like a castle. We look uh, like the architecture style of the 60s. There's a, so it's all clean lines, very streamlined and modest. There's a, a saying in uh, real estate, location, 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 looking at this hotel, Location, location, location. You're right above the train station, as you mentioned, and it's very easy to get down into the uh, the underground, underground city. city. Yeah. And also, you're just uh, we're going to be talking some hockey here on this program. You're also 
just a half mile away, less than a half mile from the uh, Bell Center where the Canadians or play. Two streets corner, yeah. Uh, you're right. We do have the best location in the city, we say. Uh, we're located, as you mentioned, above the train station, connected to two subway stations, and the underground city, which is famous now because it links all the paths uh, and the buildings in Montreal downtown, and now it's stretching uh, so many miles. But that's where it started, when Place Ville Marie was uh, built and connected to our hotel and the train station. That's what started the underground city. So in summer, when it's warm and humid in Montreal, as it does get very warm, it's nice to escape under the city in air-conditioned uh, uh, tunnels and paths, and then you just go shopping, you go to restaurants, everything's connected. And in the winter, same thing. You don't need your boots or coats. You just go explore the city, uh, and you don't have to uh, step in the snow. Tell us a little bit about the Fairmont. What what I mean, we have had some amazing service experiences. Well, my my big complaint about the Fairmont is I forget how to do things for myself <laughs> while I'm there. And I that's get true. That's like, true. Wait, I have to make my own food. I have to get my own stuff. What, what's, but we have had some just some like great service really experience. great service experiences that we haven't had literally at any other hotel. And tell us what sets Fairmont apart. I think it's our colleagues, our service. We're really engaged, and we really want to please our guests. So, you know, our mission is to turn moments into memories, and that's what we want to do. So everybody is on board. Everybody really wants to please guests and make their stay the most enjoyable. So I think our strength really is our colleagues, our staff. And uh, I would agree. I mean, we, like we I go said, the extra mile, and we just, you know, from kids to VIPs to uh people on tour or uh, groups, we really want to, um, you know, treat everybody individually and please them the way they want to be pleased. And we've had experiences. We've had someone fly luggage that we left somewhere. We've had somebody leave information on a red about a red Sox game that on our bed. I mean, we've had just these little tiny amazing experiences and, you know, it's just a a great brand and, and you feel it throughout Whatever hotel you're in, it's it's a it's a fun fun experience there. We've talked about uh, Montreal and, and Quebec City, but there are other Fairmonts in the Quebec region. Do you want to talk about those a little bit? Yes, we have also Fairmont Emmanuel Richelieu, which is another historic castle, which is a bit more northeast uh, than Quebec City. So it's two hours from Quebec City, and it's along the St. Lawrence River, but where it becomes the ocean. So there's great golfing. There's great scenery because it's really uh, mountains and the ocean. And there you can go uh, see whales, and we have beluga whales there. And uh, so nature is amazing. Nature was shaped there by a meteorite years and years and years ago. So it's very unique, and it's a very scenic drive to get there. And uh, you wake up in the morning, and there's there's these boats in front of the hotel. It's just very nice. And um, also we have the largest log castle in the world, which is another property towards Ottawa. It's called Fairmont Le Chateau Montebello. And that's very rustic yet elegant, and they have a huge expanse of land. They have every activity on site. So summer and winter, it's a very different property, but it's also on a river, so you can come with your yacht and boat there. And also uh, there's a great golf course. And in the winter, you can snowmobile, you can ice fish, you can uh, do all kinds of activities. It's really an amazing property. And then we have one uh, in a ski resort, which is Fairmont Tremblant. 
So um, it's accessible also by plane from Newark and other uh, cities. And uh, in the winter, you can enjoy the ski. And in summer, fabulous golfing. There's a lake you can sail. So it's really great properties and great locations. Really, if you want to relax, it's a perfect setting. Thank you so much, Joanne, uh, for spending time with us this morning and talking about the Fairmont properties. We're big fans of, of Fairmont, as you know. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. Please make sure you check with us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Travel Brigade, your weekly travel spot. With highlights of your favorite travel destinations, check out TravelBrigade.com and Travel Brigade on Facebook and Twitter. Bonjour, hello, and welcome back. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show here with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin, here live from Montreal. The very unique city of Montreal, here they have something I haven't seen anywhere else, and that is an underground city. Not just an underground subway system or a few shops underground while you're on your way to the subway, actual city. I think one of our guides was telling us that you can be born in a hospital underground here. You can yeah. get married in a church underground. You literally sh- can do anything. The one thing they don't have yet is a funeral parlor <laughs> underground. <laughs> I don't know if that's really a bad thing. <laughs> I guess you're going underground anyway. But but yeah, here at the Fairmont, we're just literally, you just walk to the lobby, go downstairs, and you enter this underground city. It's amazing. Yeah, you go into a building, take a couple of escalators down, and you've got food courts, you've got shops. You've restaurants got as well, restaurants, not just food courts. A bunch of different things. And it's such a contrast. So you've got this, the new, the underground. And then just a few blocks away, you have the old city. And, you know, we talked about the old city a little bit last week when we were talking about Quebec. But there's an old city here as well in Montreal. And it's just as cute, you know, sweet, historic, all those things, cobblestone streets, old buildings. So you get, like, such a contrast here. It's really amazing. And so you have to make sure that you get to the old city. It's a really fun part of Montreal. And another unique thing is the area that I'm just going to call it the spectacle area. We talked about Spectacle. Spectacle. Talked about it a little bit with Marie Josie. You know, a lot of cities love their arts and do things to promote their arts. Here they actually set aside a whole area as an arts district. And during the summer they shut all the streets down. And you can go to all these free performances everywhere. It's sort of like New York's Times Square Theater District on steroids. Yes, yes, there you go. (laughs) And as we found out, my big revelation here in Canada was I will eat just about anything with maple on it. That's true. We'll have maple on anything. We've had maple butter, maple syrup. We've had maple just about on everything. It's great on the beaver tails we talked about. It's great on... Maple cookies. Yeah, maple cookies. It's like an Oreo. With the maple center. You can throw it on anything, really, <laughs> is what I'm finding out. On a, in a cone, maple taffy. Right. Yeah, right. so we could just go on and on. Maple, maple. You know, we cannot leave Montreal without talking about the thing Montreal is probably most known for among sports fans. Hockey. Yeah, it's one of those, the Montreal Canadiens are one of those organizations. You think about the Yankees, you think about the Lakers or the Celtics. They are the premier franchise in their sport. When you're here in Montreal, you can't leave without going to the Canadians Hockey Hall of Fame, and you also get to tour the Bell Center. I actually have a brother who's playing a trip here just to come and do that. Yeah. Big hockey fan. And it's worth it. Yeah, Kings fan, but big hockey fan. Yes. And so coming up, we're going to talk with Dave McGinnis, 
with the Canadians Hockey Hall of Fame. This is Travel Brigade Sunday Morning with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. We'll be right back. Have any trouble questions? Call the Travel Brigade at 714-694-4109. Welcome back. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. This is Jeff, and I've wrestled the controls away from my co-host Kathleen because we're going to talk some hockey here. Kathleen's a big sports fan and a hockey fan, and she's very good about letting me indulge my sports fandomness while we're traveling. You can't come to Montreal without doing something regarding hockey. There are teams that are just the team known in that sport. They've got all the history. They've got all the championships. In the in baseball, it's the Yankees. In basketball, it's the Celtics and Lakers. And in hockey, it's definitely the Montreal Canadiens. We came up here in the summer, and I was a little bit bummed out that we weren't going to get to see a game. But right here by the Bell, at the Bell Center, where the Canadians play, they've got their own Hall of Fame museum. And here to tell us more about it is Dave McGinnis. Welcome, Dave. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about what people will see when they come visit the hall. What are some of the most popular things that people like there? Well, uh, the hall has quite a few things. Uh, when we were designing the hall, we tried to incorporate um, exhibits and displays that would appeal to both our younger fans as well as the older ones. For our youngest visitors, I would say our most popular exhibits would probably be the ones that feature uh, interactive technology uh, as well as those that feature our current players, uh, which is understandable because the current players are, are the ones that uh, our youngest fans are most familiar with. Uh, but in terms of the interactive technology, uh, one of the exhibits that we have um, are three large interactive screens. So these allow uh, users to scroll through, browse through the bios, uh, including stats, uh, and multimedia files of the team's 54 Hall of Famers. So that's always pretty cool. Uh, we always get a pretty favorable response uh, about that. It also allows uh, the younger uh, visitors that do gravitate towards those screens, they're able to learn a lot about uh, those Hall of Famers that generally they probably wouldn't know too much about. So that's that's pretty, uh, pretty effective in uh, communicating uh, yeah, I think that's one great thing about these types of museums I've noticed is it really helps the generations link up. Because, um, yeah, you might be a 12-year-old Canadians fan and have no idea about uh, you know, say, Maurice Richard or whoever. Exactly. Yeah. But your dad knows it, and, yeah, you, you get to watch him together, so to speak, at this museum, it sounds like. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that was definitely one of the emphasis uh, uh, that we, we placed on the, the the development and design of um, of the hall because obviously the world world is changing and we have to keep it as current and modern as possible to to appeal to all uh, all the members of the youngest generation. So uh, we feel we've we've done a pretty good job of that. Um, one of the other things that uh, our youngest fans find pretty cool is that we have six life-size mannequins of uh, some of our current players, our most popular ones. So those mannequins are fully dressed in game use equipment and, and uniforms. So it's a great uh, photo op uh, for everyone, not just the young kids. Uh, so that's right when you walk in. So it's a very very striking uh, first impression of, of the hall. One thing I was thinking, too, is, you know, as I understand it, the Canadians have been around since about 1909. Yes. And really, if Canadians fan, Maple Leafs fan, Kings fan in my case um, – you could really learn a lot just about the sport of hockey as a whole. Through our displays and exhibits, because we have been 
there from the very beginning of, of the NHL. We even were in existence before the NHL itself came into being. So uh, there are history lessons throughout our displays of of the development and, and the evolution of, of the league. So for sure, it's, it's a very good history lesson and very educational for in a sporting sense. You know, one thing we've noticed, we've visited similar types of museums dedicated to teams in, say, Barcelona or Dublin. And the thing I've noticed is it's whether you're a fan of that sport or not, it's a great way to get a sense of the history of the place and a sense of what the people are like there. Would you would you agree with that? I, I would I would definitely have to agree with that statement. As as you could appreciate that you know Montrealers and Canadians in general, uh, uh, for them hockey is the sport and it's followed. Uh, the cliche is uh, it's followed like a religion, but it, it is very true. It's part of the fabric of life here. And so changes in culture and society uh, here are very much reflected in, in uh, the displays that we have as, as things have changed uh, in the city. So, too, have changes uh, come along for the team itself. So uh, we, very, we do try and focus, obviously, on, on hockey and the sport itself, but uh, sometimes there's no escaping that. Some of the major things that happen to our team are also uh, echoed uh, in society, so it, it does allow visitors to learn more than just about hockey. And there's another thing I've noticed when we visited these types of museums is when you see people come in who are really big fans of that team, and maybe they're traveling from somewhere else, and you just see them—they all turn into little kids, and they just yeah. Like, well, it's interesting just, that you say that because um, one of the uh, one of the comments that we do receive most often is the fact that uh, a lot of the visitors. When they come to the Hall of Fame, they feel like it is really a trip down memory lane, and not just a trip down memory lane because they're uh, reliving um, what happened to the Canadians and and in the NHL through our displays. It's but it, what they're really speaking about is the fact that through those displays that they're able to go back in time in their own lives and remember what they were going through as a young kid when they were watching such and such a game or follow such and such a player and that that just goes on like through our displays as we you know recognize and celebrate the different moments in our history that uh for our visitors that are old enough that they're really able to go back in their own life experience and relive some of the things that they went through themselves and so it's it's almost like a personal time capsule that when you're so connected to the team that you can't help but uh you know, associate your own personal life experience with what you uh, were following uh, as as a fan of the team. Yeah, you know, it's funny if, for for those of us who are sports fans. You know, I I can't tell you what I ate for breakfast yesterday, but there's certain games that took place in 1974 that I can recount every <laughs> yeah, everything that yeah. happened. Um, when people visit during the summer, obviously the, the hours are pretty set. But during the season, is it open on game day? If people were coming to a game, they could. Yes, it is as well. on game days. Uh, we stay open until uh, the beginning of of the uh, the game itself because um, while the Hall of Fame obviously is very popular for everyone coming to the game, uh, we've we found that most people are very much intent on staying in their seats or uh, close to their seats. So <laughs> many people uh, have have made their way down to the Hall of Fame, but it's. Prior to the game, we're always very, very busy, and, and that's great. Like both Canadians fans and fans of the opposing team, they they come down to uh, 
to learn more about the Canadians and uh, all our wonderful history and, and t- traditions. Great. Well, where can people find out more about the, if they want to plan a visit there, where could they find out more about the Hall? Uh, well, we have our own website that's uh, it's in the process of, of being updated, um, but that address is hall.canadians.com. And uh, that's linked off our, our main website, which is just canadians.com. Um, and so there'd be information there for uh, for people just looking to visit, or if it's people in the area if, if they want to organize a private event at the hall. We also offer that. Uh, so all the information is there. In addition to the hall, what if I want to see, you know, the actual Bell Center where the Canadians play? Yeah, that's that's one of our most popular features. Um, at the Hall of Fame, the Bell Center tours are run through the Hall of Fame, so uh, it's essentially one-stop shopping. You just need to come to the Hall, so you see the Hall, and then, and if if you would like, you can also see the take a Bell Center tour. And we, um, whenever the the building's um, schedule allows, we're we're able to uh, visit the Canadians' locker room, which is obviously the most popular feature of the tour. It's uh, pretty pretty sacred ground in terms of. Uh, all the uh, the legends and Hall of Famers that uh, were that are represented and, and showcased uh, on the locker room walls. It's pretty awe-inspiring, and so it's a must for any Canadians fan and any hockey fan or sport fan in general, um, for that matter. Um, there's also stops uh, at um, the press gallery to see where uh, journalists watch the game from, as well as just some other. Uh, sneak peeks uh, behind the scenes of the Bell Center to see how a uh, an NHL arena and world class um, venue for concerts and shows uh, how how they operate uh, uh, behind closed doors. Well, thank you very much, Dave. Once again, you're listening to Travel Brigade. When we come back, I'm going to let Kathleen back in the studio. Stay tuned to see what happens. Welcome back. This is Travel Brigade Sunday morning. Don't forget to check with us. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and check out our website, TravelBrigade.com. Thanks again to Dave McGinnis from the Canadians Hockey Hall of Fame for doing that interview. And we kind of touched on it in the interview, but when you come to Montreal, don't be the I'm not into sports person, okay? (laughs) Even if you're not into hockey or if you're just not into sports, we've seen this in a number of cities we've visited the way you learn about the people in their history, a great way to learn about the people in their history is through how they feel about their sports teams, and particularly when they've got a legendary sports team like the Canadians. It's a great place to learn about the people and the place. It's true. And, I mean, I have that personal experience myself when I've gone to Spain and went to the Barcelona team and and visited Camp Nou. I thought that was amazing, not just to be there, but to watch everybody go through the whole experience. Yeah, we go to a lot of, you know, when we travel, we go to a lot of these famous ancient churches, and they're beautiful places, and people are there sort of as tourists, but if you really want to see people get emotional, watch them enter onto the floor of the Bell Center in Montreal or onto the grass at Camp Nou in Barcelona. So, it's time for He Said. She Said. And I don't know why we always announce it as he said, she said, when really, you always go first, so it should be. <laughs> she said. He said oh, after no. her it because he's such a gentleman. 
as with most things in life, she said goes first. Okay, well, I'm going to start. I'm going to start with my holy experiences here. And there are two, but they are my number three as holy experiences. Uh, One is the beautiful Notre Dame Basilica, which everyone does talk about how amazing and beautiful it is. And really, until you walk in there and see how extremely beautiful this architecture is, it's just amazing to be there and to, to just be there sitting there in the basilica. Next to my other holy experience, the Star Wars exhibit. I kind of don't really consider myself a geek girl, but I'm telling you, I got kind of geeked out when I was there. It was really super fun. My number three is the botanical gardens. They are so beautiful. Yeah, and it's such a big park. It's, it is. I, I couldn't believe it just yeah. kept going and going. I didn't really realize and Not it. in a bad way. Just, right. <laughs> just kept going a more beautiful, more beautiful. The second largest botanical garden in the world behind only London They've got an insectarium. They do. There's a Chinese garden. There's just all these things you want to see there. I would. I would almost say plan a whole day there. Yeah, maybe. I would think. Yeah. yeah. Because then you can move next door. I mean, there's just yeah. and go see the Olympic Tower. I mean, there's just so much to do right in that little center of town. Right. So my number two is the Lachine Rapids. That was so fun going on the rapids and of course getting soaking wet. Good thing talking about flat irons before. I hadn't done my hair that day, and it was probably a good thing. I needed a change of clothes and a couple towels, but I'll tell you, it was fun. And that was Mini-Me's favorite, by the way, too. Okay. Uh, my number two was the what we just talked about, the Montreal Canadiens Hall of Fame. It's something that's unique to Montreal. It's part of their history. You just got to make time for it when you get here. That's all I'm going to say. And my number one, Maple. Pretty much anything maple. <laughs> Love it. Maple everything. Yeah, and and the best maple is here. Yep, very good. You, you know, Tap it right that, off those trees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, my number one was the bike tour I took with my bicyclette. And again, we'll post uh, contact info for all the places we've mentioned on our website, travelbrigade.com. I am not a big biking person. I don't bike at home or anything. But I'm finding more and more when we travel, it's really the best way to see and find out about a city, kind of get the lay of the land and then decide places you want to go, things you want to see. So I'd really recommend that. That's our He Said, She Said for today. Coming up next, we'll be closing the show and unfortunately saying au revoir to Canada. This is Travel Brigade. Make sure that you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or check out our website at TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. Have any trouble questions? Call the Travel Brigade at 714-694-4109. Welcome back. This is Travel Brigade coming to you live from Montreal. And unfortunately, it's time for us to say au revoir to Montreal and to Canada. And to the province of Quebec. It's very hard to leave because people have been so nice here. Honey, we've been here for almost 10 days and it's Quebec. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that's my point. They're so nice. They don't correct you. I will. When That's you, my job. Yeah. They don't correct <laughs> you when you say it wrong. So We are leaving Canada, which just makes us really sad. But we are on our way to the beautiful coast of Southern California to do some beach specials all month long. So there are only two stages in life. You're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. Whichever stage you're in, we hope you join us next time. That's right. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. Please make sure that you follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and check out our website at TravelBrigade.com. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 
you've been listening to the Travel Brigade on Blog Talk Radio. Listen live every Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Contact us on Twitter, Facebook, and at TravelBrigade.com. <laughs>